Welcome to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the queer James Bond podcast. I'm Shane Holland. And I'm Andrew Wheeler. On today's episode, a couple of Marsha gays are going to obscenely <laughs> inspect every gag, zinger, and harden from the 1996 Leslie Nielsen spy spoof, Spy Hard. But before we get into this zany movie, Andrew, have you been up to anything very steely this week? Oh my. Um, I have watched a movie that I enjoyed very much, Ghosted on Apple TV+, Plus, mm. uh, the new Chris Evans, Anna de Armas movie that's been absolutely shredded by the critics. People just hate it, say that it's a disaster, say that it's awful. It's the most successful movie that Apple TV has ever streamed on its service uh, because people love Chris Evans and they love Anna de Armas and it's kind of Paloma the movie like it's very mm. much Anna de Armas as an ass-kicking spy um Chris Evans is kind of the the Bond woman of the movie um although of course because he's a man he gets to have much more of an arc and much more screen time and and much is much more uh, a key part of the story than any woman would be in a reversed version of this movie but it's nice mm. to see Anna de Armas having fun being a spy again and I just thought it was really good fun time I don't know why everyone's so mean about it <laughs> I mean it feels like no one's allowed to like anything anymore in film and television we're always yeah. being told like uh oh this was awful this was not as good as the last season or this movie uh really disappointed but they said like Dungeons and Dragons sucked and I loved that movie oh that was such fun <laughs> yeah such yeah. fun so yeah what so fuck the, good for? fuck the critics yeah <laughs> Um, we say heading into a podcast we're about to critically shred a film uh anyway but we have no credibility anyway so it's fine oh yeah yeah. (laughs) Um, never pretended to never will yeah uh the other bondy thing i wanted to talk about well i think you want to talk about as well so uh Mm -hmm. what's your steeliest thing you've done this week before we get into the uh the picard of it all uh, well, uh, yes, before we talk about Picard, uh, I just wanted to mention a little horror film that I watched a couple weeks ago called Nocebo, like placebo, but no, uh, <laughs> starring uh, Eva Green, uh, our beloved Vesper Lind. Oh. Uh, it was haunting, surprising. Uh, at times, I was worried about where the direction direction of the film was heading. Uh, but I was so pleasantly surprised by the end. It was a really, really creepy psychological mindfuck of a thriller uh, with a very horrifying ending that will leave you asking questions. Really superb. Uh, I would de- definitely recommend checking that out. Great. I love Ava Green. She's so built for horror movies, you know? Yes. So. Oh, she has that like haunted look about her. Mm. Her eyes are just so expressive. Uh, and... Yeah, she she really I think does great work in this uh as uh a kind of haunted woman uh who uh who's pa- who's not just being haunted by ghosts of her past <laughs> but uh you know an actual uh human being uh from her present. Oh, it's it's very interesting. Uh highly recommend. But let's move on to the thing we both want to talk about. We both just finished Picard season 3 within the past mm-hmm. uh week and what a ride. Honestly, this season made up for everything that was wrong with the last two. The show should have started here from the very beginning. Uh, and the introduction of, spoiler alert, uh, Ed Spilliers as uh, Picard and Beverly Crusher's son. They called him 25, even though he's 35. <laughs> uh, uh, 
he was fantastic in it and i think i'm going to let you say what we're both thinking yeah he he this was a star making turn for an actor who hasn't really been in in much of great notice like he was best known as being an aragon uh way back when he was a kid and and uh when i was still an adult um but, uh, you know he's he's been on Downton Abbey he was on the most recent season of You but he hasn't really had a breakout role but this performance as Jack Crusher uh really catapulted him I think into the big time certainly in like geek spaces he's just mm. he's very good he's very watchable he's very charismatic he's very sexy um oh, which very. of course at the end of the season had me thinking oh he's going to be in the conversation for Bond now he has to be he has to be right yeah. yeah, like, he he just did the action so well, uh, and he really brought nuance to a character that could have been a little shallow, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I just absolutely loved his work. I, I loved the work of everyone involved uh, in this season of the show. It really was just, like, the, the most epic, stunning, beautiful, uh, weep-inducing conclusion for me as a lifelong, diehard Star Trek fan, particularly of The Next Generation. Uh, yeah. I just can't tell you how much I cried during that last half hour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I must say, like, I, I deliberately did not watch, did not start watching this season of Picard uh, because I thought season two was so atrociously bad mm-hmm. um, that I was like, well, I don't, I, I just can't face it. I think it's going to be terrible again. And then when the season wrapped and people were saying, no, it was good. Then I sat down and basically watched the whole thing in like three days um, <laughs> because it's, good like let me tell anyone else good. out there that watched season two and was like okay i'm done with this dumb show season three is genuinely the show that this was always meant to be um and it doesn't hurt that there are some pretty boys in there quite a few of them uh jonathan <laughs> frakes included some some dilfs as well yes <laughs> <laughs> For every episode of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, we recommend a cocktail that matches the theme of the episode, or maybe it just matches our mood. This week, it's Andrew's turn to pick. So, Andrew, what have you got for us? Well, there's only one drink that I think gets any real time in this movie, Spy Hard, and that is a dry Minoli and Russo's on the rocks. So I looked it up. Uh, uh, it's not a real drink. <laughs> there is no such thing as a no drink. Kidding. You search for dry Minoli and Russo's on the rocks and you get the quotes page for this movie. So that's how you know <laughs> it ain't a drink. Uh, it sounds like it could be a drink. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it, it almost doesn't sound like a joke. Like it's just nonsense words, essentially. Um, but it sounds to me like a dry vermouth, so I went looking for a dry vermouth cocktail to make, <laughs> and I found the obituary, which is a very simple cocktail uh, that I have all the ingredients for. It's two ounces <laughs> of gin, a quarter ounce of dry vermouth, and a quarter ounce of absinthe. You stir that with ice and em- uh, pour it into a cocktail glass, and uh, it's a very pleasant way to spend uh, 20 minutes. <laughs> it would, it would oh, I- certainly ease you into a long flight, let's put it that way. Or to an early grave. It sounds like a lot of booze in one drink. I guess that's why they call it the obituary. I would think, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, basically, the the, the, the vermouth is the, the the leavening agent, the lightener in this drink. It's like, you know, yeah, two ounces I of gin. I love when that happens. Quarter ounce of absinthe, and then, oh, just a whisper. Just a dry splash vermouth, of just wine, a, yeah. Um, Even I, things I mean, out. <laughs> as much as I can recall, I enjoyed drinking it very much. Um, so I'm going to add that to my... Uh, repeated uh practice list i think it's a it's a solid drink uh well i can't wait to try it uh we may have to sip some after our viewing of the super mario movie tomorrow (laughs) yes absolutely move over james 
Leslie Nielsen is. Let me guess. You are Dick Steele. Agent WD-40. Tell me about you. Well, I like loose-fitting clothes, and I drive a 69 Pinto. That was a clip from 1996 spy thriller spoof, Spy Hard. Directed by Rick Friedberg and starring Leslie Nielsen, Nicolette Sheridan, Charles Durning, Barry Bostwick, and Marsha Gay Harden. It was written by Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer, who would go on to write Scary Movie and countless other shitty parody films (laughs) that have the word movie in the title. Yeah, this was the sort of the great handing over from like the Zucker brothers were the big parody film people before mm-hmm. they did the Naked Gun movies. They mm-hmm. were, you know, Leslie Nielsen's you know, creative partners, essentially, in a whole string of movies. Um, and I don't know, did they die? Did, did they just give up? I don't know. But at some point, like this movie is sort of the handing of the torch in that Leslie Nielsen is the star, but it is not a Naked Gun movie. Um, it is very much a uh, scary movie style of comedy like it's not quite the same uh style of comedy it's broader um much and yeah it's it's in my recollection the naked gun um and police squad were always very sharp uh absurdist Mm -hmm. comedies Mm -hmm. um but at the same time i was watching them when i was like eight years old so what do i know about sharp comedy like nothing (laughs) um and since then they've just always retained a space of affection in my heart not that i can go back and watch the naked gun movies for obvious reasons Uh, i can't imagine why (laughs) performers are a feature of this show not a bug Uh, (laughs) but 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 even then so yeah it's um i love the zuckers i think i would still love police squad if i watched it today i don't hold the scary movie guys in the same high regard but i've enjoyed some of their work and i feel like since then someone else has like taken the satire mantle and it's now all direct to streaming direct to dvd yeah for sure absolute garbage yeah these two have also since retired uh from movie making uh which i may be for the best uh and (laughs) (laughs) i've got to say after last week's movie, or after our last <laughs> film, this was refreshing. <laughs> like, I, mean, I actually enjoyed myself for a lot of this in a way I wasn't expecting to. Yeah, I kind of, I, I'm almost ashamed to say, but like, yeah, I had fun. <laughs> Did, Okay, am I just going to say it? I kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of did too, yeah. but I don't think it's good. No, I, no, no, no. <laughs> we've just, we've poisoned ourselves so much that yeah. a sip of water is a life-saving <laughs> ingredient. <laughs> Even though you don't want to know where that water came from. Oh, no, no. Oh, God, let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> shall we dive right into it, Andrew? Let's do that. Dick Steele, Agent WD-40, infiltrates the base of the villainous General Rancor and blows up his helicopter with him on board. Steele's partner and lover, Victoria Dahl, falls off of a cliff to her death. We start with some Bond trumpet blasts, which... uh, Oh, yeah. Real great fake out. About as as much musical satire... Well, obviously there's the theme to come, but otherwise I don't think the music is particularly um, evocative of Bond throughout. But maybe I just wasn't paying attention to it. Um, no, you're right. This uh, I, They really tried to start off strong, really get you keyed into what we're doing yeah. here. I also was like, wow, it's just like... Uh, it's about two notes off from the right. Bond theme. I may have had this wrong. It sounded like the country they were in was Sokovia from from the no. Avengers movies. I'm sure I have that wrong. <laughs> I mean, if that's a little Easter egg that the Russos then picked up and dropped in, I really fucking hope so. That, that would, would be, be amazing. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
uh, Mr. T is in this film, uh, in the opening, uh, the first of a long string of cameos. I mean, I, I am sure I missed so many cameos. Oh, I, yeah. I looked a few up and I still think like, I don't know who half the people were in this movie. <laughs> I mean, by the time we hear Alex Trebek's voice, just his voice, uh, I I wrote, this just surpassed Johnny English. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It was Trebek. Oh, see, I was like, wait, is that supposed to be Charlie's voice? Um, Trebek. No, no. Alex Trebek is not someone that I have cultural uh, familiarity with. Like, I know the name. Could not pick Ah, him out of a lineup. Um, really oh wow uh i mean it must be the canadian really shining through in me but i don't (laughs) think we're we're not allowed to not know who alex is (laughs) i think the uh he's in the parachute and he's holding a bottle of brandy and pouring it into a snifter that was really (laughs) fantastic smoking a cigar which then burns the parachute but of course he's fine (laughs) um oh yeah yeah dust himself off this is the the reality of this movie is very cartoony where like people mm. are only injured if it's necessary for the plot for them to be injured mm-hmm. like otherwise they bounce back from anything. This movie was made for about $40. <laughs> uh I, I feel like every set is, uh, like, just a different angle of the same building. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like it was shot outside on someone's lawn. Uh, Basically, yeah. The country of Sokovia <laughs> does not look like how I remember it from the other movies. No, uh, certainly not. <laughs> uh, it looks like just a shot of the uh, the California coastline. Uh, we have another cameo here of Fabio, and it's at this point you realize that it's just every line is going to be a joke. Like, everything is a setup that is going to be paid (laughs) off probably with a visual punchline. Um, just laying it on thick, like, for a solid 80 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, honestly, an hour and 20 minutes, I I thought, wow, this bodes well. Uh, (laughs) I was so excited. I almost texted you, like, Shane, Shane, this movie's less than 90 minutes long. (laughs) Uh, This this episode will be less than 90 minutes long. We'll be lucky if we breach 60, I think. Uh, I feel like we just don't go for broad comedy like this anymore, kind of as we were saying at the top. Uh, maybe it's probably for the best, but there, <laughs> there is some, like, there's a space of, of this kind of caliber that's missing from our entertainment these days. And I, I kind of hold it in high regard, or at least in great, uh, affection. <laughs> yeah. Ex- yes. Affection, I think, is the word for it. Yeah. Like, I, initially, like, the first couple of minutes, I was like, am I going to just hate every minute of this? And then when the villain, uh, executes a mime for refusing to talk, I was like, okay. <sighs> okay. Okay. I'm on yeah. side now. I'm going to, I'm probably <laughs> going to enjoy this at least on some level. And what really nailed it for me is the credits. Okay. Title credits roll as Weird Al Yankovic sings the theme. Theme from Spy Hard. What a name. <laughs> what a title. Oh, so, and honestly, like, the, the Thunderball-inspired credits of it all was <laughs> amazing. So I, I realize it was supposed to be a sight gag, but I genuinely and unironically loved seeing bigger women being the sexy silhouettes in the background. I had the same exact experience where I'm like, I was, I was watching these these uh, fat ladies swimming as the the silhouettes and thinking oh this is great this is so fantastic and progressive and i'm like oh no this is oh one of them farts and you're like oh it's a joke (laughs) they're mocking these women but actually you know it was awesome i claim it as a win for for, as as a fatty i claim it as a win (laughs) (laughs) as we all should yeah i i had like genuine laughter at 
both the song, which well written, very on the nose, very hilarious, and also just like the ridiculous silhouettes floating through uh, behind him of just everyday objects. Like I think there was a <laughs> typewriter and a hairdresser, uh, and then it, uh, Weird Al himself. <laughs> yes, <through>. exactly. <laughs> Quite well executed. Like the lyric that I wanted to call out is. By the way, if you came in late, allow me to reiterate the name of the film. <laughs> the name is of the Spy film Hard. is Spy Hard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a, that's, really I mean, that's good. kind of that's almost sophisticated for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's about as good as it's going to get. <laughs> Fifteen years later, Agent Barbara Dahl infiltrates Rancor Industries and is apprehended by General Rancor, who survived the explosion. Rancor contacts the director of U.S. intelligence and says he will exchange Agent Dahl for the control chip that completes his warhead. Terrible villain plan. Like, why Why would they ever yeah. give you the thing that will give you the power to threaten the entire world in exchange for one agent? No. <laughs> no. We're going to burn her. <laughs> Let's talk about Barbara Dahl. Yeah. <laughs> She's Barbie. He's just Ken. Uh, <laughs> hey uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's a Barbie doll joke, but it's also very close to BB doll, which mm, <laughs> I thought was very, interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> was BB doll meant to be a Barbie doll joke as well? And I just never clicked before. I don't oh know. my god! I think you may have uncovered something <laughs> in my brain that had lain dormant forever. That might be true. The less we think about BB doll, the better. Let's be honest. Mm. <laughs> so true. So true. Uh, there's there's this gag where they're trying to i think plug in a vhs uh and honestly it was so fucking difficult to watch a vhs pre-1993 that it didn't really feel like a joke um, more of a reality <laughs> uh i mean that's what was it dvds in uh, johnny english vhs in this one so um we're sliding What's back a, a track <laughs> <laughs> Laserdisc? Are we watching a Laserdisc film oh, next? Oh, my word. Um, by the way, this film does have an extraordinary cast. Like, everyone that shows up, you're like, oh, it's that guy. So mm-hmm. Barry Bostwick shows up here, Robert Guillaume, Charles Durning, and it's like, oh, I love all these people. Like, these, these are people Durning. who are fun to watch in a movie, especially Charles Durning. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's having fun. Uh, good for him. Yeah, his his uh, obsession with with. Uh, being a master of disguise is a is a really weird joke for the M parallel, but it, it they really milk that joke in a way that I enjoyed. The fact that he's hiding under the table wearing the intercom as a hat, so when they come in and talk to the intercom, they're talking to his they're head. talking to his hat. Yeah, <laughs> like, so good. That that had me cackling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are so many close ups in like not just close ups, but like really really close close ups. Whenever anyone is speaking in this. <laughs> movie uh, it, it just it threw me off a little and i had to take note they don't want anyone to fluff the continuity so they're like we're, we're yeah. one shot yeah. every single single scene continuity so. yeah we don't we don't want to <laughs> distract people away from this thrilling plot which i forgot about five minutes into this film uh speaking of dick Steele, forced <laughs> into retirement after almost killing the president is approached by an old agency friend who wants to lure him back into action Steele learns that rancor is back and has abducted victoria's daughter barbara Steele is convinced to return to action when he learns his old friend has been killed you got to give it to Leslie Nielsen. He is doing a lot for a man who I'm presuming in his is in his like late 50s, early 60s at this Maybe. point. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um 
yeah and and the guy for someone that started out as a sort of very serious like matinee idol actor but in like goofy b movies like he was in return to the forbidden planet um that kind of film mm-hmm. the fact that he found his his metier playing this sort of goonish comedy straight man as uh and he really did like he he locked that down um, oh yeah for for 30 years <laughs> yeah and is is you know a figure of tremendous affection for a lot of people um yeah i i applaud him for finding that that uh that niche like there's never been another leslie nelson really no i don't i really can't imagine who that would even be today uh yeah, I, I actually remember being a little upset when he passed away because he was mm. such a part of my childhood. Uh, so many of the films that I loved, uh, he had been in uh, Airplane, one of my favorite comedies of all, comedies of all time. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, even here, 20 years after that movie, 20, oh no, 15 years after that movie was made, he still feels like he's got it. He, he does yeah. his thing and he does it so well. Um, we get to see is the inside of his home. Well, we start in a major babe's house. Um, <laughs> after the, this was such a hard movie to recap, listeners. I'm sorry you're going to hear me <laughs> jumping all over the place because every scene, of course, is like three minutes long and is twenty deep jokes deep. So we get a we get a line of fire joke. Then we get Leslie Nielsen in a major babe's house and she tries to assassinate him and he uh, flips her into the the what you call it the folding bed, the Murphy bed, yeah, the Murphy bed. Thank you. That's the one. And then he goes to his own home, and I kind of liked the decor in his house. Like, it's very island-themed uh, vibe to it. Like, am I just too close to retirement age? <laughs> no, it felt very Fleming-esque bungalow. Yeah, like, it did. Uh, yeah, very Golden Eye Estate vibes from it, and I also liked it. Uh, I have the same note. Uh, some great lines throughout this scene, I must say. Don't thank me, darling. The art of lovemaking takes two, sometimes three or four, depending on how well you do at the crafts tables. <laughs> That's really great. <laughs> uh, but maybe the best joke in this section is when he picks up the photo of his beloved Victoria, and it's her oh my plummeting, plummeting to her death. To her death. <laughs> so good i i i i was crying Uh, i was just dead when that happened it still tickles me now it's (laughs) yeah like how did he get that photo oh so so silly uh i also realized that around this point that oh we're gonna get the what is it it's a type it's a thing that you type on uh joke at least 20 more times it was a reliable naked gun staple but i feel like these guys as the the appointed heirs really leaned on it much harder than the naked gun people did oh does it still work after 30 goes kind of you kind of of. you're kind of laughing and rolling your eyes at the same time so which which i don't think is something they'd be unhappy with honestly (laughs) i mean at least you bought a ticket uh how much how much do you want to bet that the character of bishop was supposed to be played by one orenthal james oh god maybe yeah yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, Robert Guillaume plays the role in this and, and, uh, and then dies unceremoniously. Almost immediately. It, it, we're, we're, we're deep into Vesper Lind territory. The, the Vesper list would be thick with this movie if, if it counted because he has the dead And we're only 20 minutes in. And he has the dead partner. Um, and yeah, as you say, like these, these things both motivate him to return to action. I don't think it's ever explained why the friend dies. Like, was he assassinated? A piano fell on his head. I get that, but. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't think about it. <laughs> we've yeah. we've got to move on. We've got a script to write. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, 
raindrops keep falling on my head. We get a flashback oh. <laughs> to to Dick and Victoria's relationship, their love affair, where she's wearing a peasant dress, which I think is meant to be <laughs> anachronistic, but actually kind of just reminded me of what people wore in the 90s. Um, right? This little house on the prairie realness. It was very, <laughs> what the fuck is she wearing, I said. I, I just, I, I hated it, but you're so right. It was uh, so, so of the time. Yeah, we loved peasant dresses in the 90s. Um gunny sack dresses Ugh, Ugh, is, god no not good um what is it about raindrops keep falling on my head doesn't austin powers use this or do they use a different they use a different track i'm pretty okay. sure didn't it come from a western uh butch cassidy and the sundance kid right so uh, i is it that it's supposed to be like anachronistic by nature of the of what you're watching on the screen it, 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 maybe it just conjures that for people so yeah. you know when you hear that song you're supposed to think oh this is this is different but i, right. I, I don't know how to explain it anyway it's a great track <laughs> yep <laughs> do love it uh having a kid at 60 that's an accident having a piano fall on you that's bad luck <laughs> so true Steele encounters a beautiful woman, Veronique, on his way back to the office. He flirts with the director's secretary, Miss Chivas, receives his orders from the director, and meets the quartermaster. Really just zipping through the classics at this point. Um, yep. Why is Robert Culp on the plane doing this weird bit? Um, <laughs> like, I, I, because of I Spy? I, I, like, truly, I that's guess. the only thing that it could have been. And we're just so lucky that it wasn't the other one. <laughs> who was the other one in I Spy? Pretty sure it was a rapist who goes by the name of Bill Cosby, I want to say. Oh, God. See, I never watched <laughs> that show. <laughs> no, neither did I. But I, it's, you know, it's in the cultural lexicon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really right. avoided something with that uh, I mean, cameo. they could have cut the Robert Culp cameo as well, because his whole role oh, yeah. was, like, bizarre. It did not, did not, did not tickle me. Um, did not compute. I felt like this This was the moment I realized that this movie was just chopped to pieces because this scene must have been moved forward in the in the, the narrative to, to put Veronique into the, the story a few scenes earlier because she says, oh. where are you going to? And he says, Los Angeles. He's not flying to Los Angeles at this point. He's flying to D.C. Oh, right. Huh. And then oh, very he's assigned to fly to Los Angeles. So they, they chopped things around but didn't actually change the script. I, I'm sure not a single person noticed because... <laughs> This movie has very little to grasp. Like, holding on to straws uh, yeah, is I, trying to capture the plot here. I am the first person to ever sit down and try to write the plot of this movie down in a document. That's, that's You might be the I'm first learned. person to ever, like, write for this film, period. <laughs> yeah. I hate myself for laughing at every single pratfall. It is such a <laughs> stupid visual gag, and it gets me every time. <laughs> Speaking of uh, ridiculous but enjoyable, Marsha Gay Harden. Oh, my Chivas. God. Sublime, gorgeous, rascally. That was the word that came to mind to me. She is so Oh, I, I just wrote horny. <laughs> horny <laughs> yeah, and insane. Okay. Also yeah. accurate. Accurate. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean... And, like, you first see her in, you know, typical 90s uh, secretary getup. And then mm -hmm. when we return to her, she's in this incredible red nighty and black yeah. choker. Such a serve. And, like, Marsha across hard. the desk. Oh, God. She's so hot. Uh, so she was, hot. She was such a babe. It still is, of course. But, I mean, truly, this was peak Harden. <laughs> well, yeah, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. 
<laughs> By the way, I, I skipped past it, but this is where we got the uh, the cocktail order of a dry Minoli and Russo's mm. on the rocks. Mm-hmm. Stirred, not beaten, twist of lemon in a chilled glass, not frozen, and two of those curly little straws. Um, Love it. <laughs> I, did, I did not attempt to emulate all of that because you can't get curly little straws these days. It kills turtles. Oh, it's true. It's true. It's for the best, <laughs> but I do miss them. I I love that uh, he wears uh, he gets uh, see through X ray specs from his quartermaster, uh, and it turns out that everyone, not just Marcia Gay, is wearing lingerie in the office. That was a cute little <laughs> gag. It was, although we're getting a lot of cross dressing jokes in this movie, and it's like, uh, yeah, this I guess was the there, time. A little homophobic, a little transphobic. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, who doesn't want to wear sexy lingerie? <laughs> fair, fair enough. Just don't pretend it's shameful. That's the you know. right, exactly. Um, I am choosing to not spend too much time talking about the fart joke. I just needed to mention that this film is continuing in the tradition of having a fart joke in it. <laughs> right. I, I I will take this fart joke over what we had to sit through in Johnny English any day of the week. Any time. Yeah, it, it was not good. And the dossier of Veronique, I think it is, briefly flashes by the screen, but I had to pause it because it looked and turned out to be absolutely insane. Uh, Turn-ons, drool, turn-offs, genitals, occupations, Leslie Nielsen's laundress, hobbies, (laughs) cool whip sculptures, favorite food, bananas, favorite monument, Washington. (laughs) So Steele flies to Los Angeles now and meets local agent Cabal. Steele finds the assassin Desiree Moore waiting in his hotel bed, fights her, and then visits a nightclub that she's known to frequent, where he is saved from Rancor's goons by Veronique. Why am I trying to give this plot a summary at all? It's so... Uh, <laughs> I know. so. You just said so much, and I have, like, two notes. Right. <laughs> One of which is just the name of the club, Coca Cabana. <laughs> I, that is hilarious to me. Uh, I mean, you sh- we should mention Desiree Moore. This is the Talisa Soto role. So it's a yes. Bond woman, um, very fleetingly, like she does not return. But there are actually quite a few roles for women in this film, it turns out. Yeah. Um, none of them well written, but, you know, it's. No, but nothing is well written. Yeah, yeah, nothing is well written. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was nice to see Talisa Soto on our screen, uh, also looking gorgeous, getting yes. through a bit of a fight scene. Speaking of gorgeous, Cabo. Oh, my God. The, yeah, uh, the little the the driver slash agent that uh, drives Steel around Los Angeles. What a beautiful man he was. Um, yeah, yeah, very happy that he he persisted through the entire uh, movie. Played by John Ailes, who I don't remember seeing from anything else. Um, but no, I'll be keeping I keep an eye out. <laughs> well, I, I I hate to disappoint you. I don't think he's doing much anymore. Uh, <laughs> th- th- this was his largest credit on his IMDb page. Yeah, oh well. Uh, <laughs> oh, well. I want to give a quick shout out to the incidental hottie, the blonde scumbag at the Coca. Uh, There's a lot of incidental hotties peppered out throughout. Uh, And I I kind of like a mid-90s hottie. Uh, There's something about the hair and the bangs that gets me going. I mean, it was a very important porn era for me personally. So, you know. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, yeah. Formative. Very formative. One line that I really, uh, such a dumb joke, but when they arrive in Los Angeles, the, the words Los Angeles typed across the screen and it goes, Los Angeles, comma, cauliflower. Cauliflower. Delete, 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 <laughs> California. And yeah. I don't know, somehow I just thought that was the best joke. <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles, 
cauliflower. I, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I, I mean, it's so cute. And on like that, at the airport scene, there's so many little visual jokes peppered in. Uh, you, th- there is, I give them a little credit for truly throwing in as much as they possibly yeah. could fit on the screen uh, to the p- point. Like, I don't think, a moment goes by where they didn't think, how can we fit another joke in here? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's a credit to them. They they really did the thing. After a fraught bus journey, Veronique and Steele have dinner at a strip club. Veronique reveals that her father is the scientist who's hiding the control chip that Rancor needs to complete his warhead. Gosh, so much to talk about here. <laughs> First of oh all, isn't God. this the same plot as the Man from Uncle film with Henry Cavill? Like, the yeah. beautiful woman's father is the scientist oh, who... my God. <laughs> Uh, I guess it's a classic. I don't know. I need to sit down and find out which other movies have used this. Uh, The other thing, we said fraught bus journey. It's fraught because A, it's a speed reference, and B, Mm -hmm. Ray Charles is the driver. Is the bus driver. Oh. A weird cameo. Weird cameo. He seems like he's having a great time until the very end where he just seems a little confused. Like, what am I still doing here? Uh, (laughs) And I had to ask myself the same thing. Honestly, I mean, like Ray Charles, a great musician, but also blind, so he gets to be a punchline many times over. At least he got paid for this one, you know? I mean, I yeah, I guess that's true. Oh, God, <laughs> I hope. Uh, yeah, I mean, disability does not get a, a great uh, call out in this movie, uh, if we're just going to say it. Like, right. uh, Rancor is missing an arm, which is the butt of many, many jokes. This Ray Charles driving the bus thing. Uh, not everything aged very well in this film. It, it's the era of the, oh, I'm an equal opportunity offender, meaning mm. I attack the vulnerable people and then occasionally I'll make jokes at people who it's not going to affect. Um, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so many references that I can't keep up happening. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, we do get a great uh, uh, introduction line from Steele uh, in the classic form of, oh, I'm a teacher on sabbatical. Uh, he says, I'm Bud Fudlacker. I own a, sorry, I can't even say the name. I'm Bud Fudlacker. I own a small mail order business. I travel with the American Gladiators. I'm 55. I like small appliances. And I do tax accounting on the side. Uh. Bud Fudlacker. <laughs> it's a good name. Sometimes just sounds are funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and in the spirit of funny sounds, Nicolette Sheridan's Franco-Russian accent, maybe? <laughs> Uh, versus John Malkovich's French accent. Like, who comes out on top in the Battle of the... Nicolette the, the Sheridan, for sure. <laughs> like, no offense to my man, but uh, yeah. She she was actually really fun to watch in this. Yes, she was. She was very good. And speaking of fun to watch, shout out to our gay waiter, Brian, as portrayed by Pat Morita. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I had to double check that that was Pat Morita, because it's like so yeah. obviously, undeniably... Like, you know what Pat Morita looks like, but I'm like, why would Pat Morita play a gay waiter in a strip club? Yeah. So um, weird. Such a strange casting choice. But an excellent casting choice here in the role of uh, Slice, the lead hench person, Carlos mm. Lauchu. 
really beautiful man like this is uh, once a movie's thrown like two gorgeous men at me i'm like well i'm going to enjoy this regardless of all right i'm in so so (laughs) kudos to you carlos laucher who also played anubis in stargate but doesn't seem to have done much else um Hmm. but maybe i need to watch stargate again because he looks very beautiful in that as well because obviously he's wearing eyeliner Um, oh yeah (laughs) the the most memorable part of that movie is what i think uh i i don't have fond memories of stargate I, I just remember it being on and being disappointed throughout most right. of it. <laughs> Probably because it wasn't Star Trek. Uh, ooh, and another just real quick shout out to downtown Julie Brown, who plays the cigarette girl. I didn't even notice that that was her. <laughs> it's such a, uh, it's so quick. And it's like, why are you even here? But, you know, she's the name on everyone's lips. So we had to throw her in as well. <laughs> the name on everybody's lips is going to be Dad Julie Brown. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Veronique is abducted by the goons, but leaves behind a necklace that her father said would lead her to him. The next day, Steele attempts to track the origin of the necklace and, it is, and is attacked by Rancor henchman slice Steele finds veronique's father professor ukrinsky and takes him to a safe house it really sounds like there's a plot but i promise you yeah. listener there is uh, not no i uh, <laughs> this is all new to me i had no idea any of that was happening uh, and actually i i'm seeing now i actually wrote the note there's a plot happening in here somewhere uh somewhere. There's, just, <laughs> there's this incredibly long chase uh and one of the greatest visual gags I think I've ever yes. seen on film. <laughs> so, Le- Leslie Nielsen is riding a horse through, through the city, through buildings, uh, in an escape attempt. And at one point, he's like taking the horse onto the elevator, but he has to he has to back the horse up so that he can let another horse out of the elevator. It's just so wild and it really got me it was so unexpected it's very good and also the the couple in the elevator are the same couple in the elevator in true lies with the horse in the elevator scene that this is riffing (laughs) so the cameos are so thickly laden that like the extras are references to other extras Amazing. I mean, we've got <laughs> the kid who played Dennis the Menace playing uh, Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. That's another <laughs> reference stacked on a reference. Oh my god, is that who that was? Oh, that's, that makes so yeah. much sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I got that it was that, meant to be Macaulay Culkin, but I did not recognize who was playing Macaulay Culkin. Or Mo, Mo, uh, McCluckin, McCracken? I can't Mc, remember. Mc, McCluck, McCluck, McCluskey? Uh, who knows? Who cares? <laughs> we'll get to I it. It's in the notes somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we do get another scene of the director and his uh, penchant for disguises where he, he has an amazing disguise that is a portrait on one side. Uh, so he's standing <laughs> up against the wall disguised as a portrait. And then he moves to look out the window and the back of his disguise is the blinds for the window it's so good really great and of course he's not wearing anything underneath so when uh when what's his name barry Barry bostwick goes barry bostwick goes to lift the blinds you just see bear uh charles durning ass why charles why would you say yes to this why would you humiliate yourself like this for our entertainment oh good for you um (laughs) another great line here when he meets the uh professor okinski and the professor asks my daughter is safe because she was abducted and, and uh, chucked in the back of a van. Um, so Steele's response is, yes, the van they took her in has dual airbags and seatbelts. 
Uh, yeah very good very good i also love that literally everyone is listening into the secure phone call yes. that uh leslie's having with charles durning uh oh it's a very secure call cut to marcia gay harden cut to barry <laughs> boswick cut to the quartermaster uh, it, it was just like five minutes of listening to this conversation through other people's eyes really great and we have to say as well, like, the idea that you take someone to a, ha- a safe house and the safe house is Kevin McAllister's house, that's pretty that, quite cute. Like, that's funny. That's cute, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it pays off in a way that I did not expect, but I did appreciate. Steele follows one of Ranker's men to a convent. He rescues Veronique and takes her to Kubul's apartment. They sleep together. Ranker's men break into the safe house and abduct the professor. I guess I should stress that Steel sleeps with Veronique, not with Kabul. Um, I know what my preference mm. would be. <laughs> yes, I, I'm sure that you weren't trying to confuse us into uh, imagining <laughs> something that you want to happen. I think you got the convent's name right here and I got it wrong. Our Lady of the Never Had the Pickle, was that it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> which doesn't... Yours, the, uh, the way that you wrote it makes sense. I wrote it as <laughs> a Lady of the Never Touched the Pickle convent, but uh, yeah, no, I think Had the Pickle is correct. Um, <laughs> either way, actually, it's, I mean... What, what the hell? Um, <laughs> yeah, this whole sister act thing is so stupid. I hated it. But I do love the various legs that were on display display underneath right. the habits as they're kicking doing the ken ken i mean a lot uh, of the scene all- just literally felt like a scene from sister act it has to be said like yeah it. oh yeah, yeah yeah i mean every reference is a pretty cut and paste reference uh i did like the nuns stalking around the convent with machine guns very <laughs> betty gilpin very in right now <laughs> always love betty gilpin as a nun whatever she's doing um mm-hmm. speaking of nuns the mother superior the evil mother superior yeah. excellent performance here i do not know this actor uh but i loved her very much yeah she did great work and i loved seeing macaulay culkin getting beaten the hell up when the uh, safe house oh. gets violated i mean <laughs> that that's that scratched an itch that i've had for a very long time i have to say dark very dark <laughs> andrew <laughs> uh oh my god so uh after he saves uh veronique uh first of all she says oh dick you came for me and it's like oh that's why we named him dick <laughs> oh. uh we needed to get that joke in uh but but yeah they they sleep together and in the morning on the bedside table there's like a bottle of vaseline and a, and oh my god they cut to like a rocket explosion when uh, <laughs> after they make love and she's like indented into the bed it's all gold it is it was pretty funny i gotta say the vaseline though sent me vaseline is such a like cultural touchstone of like like who uses vaseline in sex no one surely <laughs> no but i one. guess back I then maybe not. maybe they thought petroleum jelly was the way to go <laughs> god uh oh my god and uh, when the sun rises over la and they play like the call to prayer <laughs> like so so bizarre so evocative of like this kind of thriller at the time uh, yeah but really hilarious for it to be la <laughs> i don't know why but that also really tickled me steel and veronique pursue rancor's men to his secret island headquarters the professor completes rancor's warhead and mischievous is revealed to be a traitor steel feeds Sly- to a dinosaur but he and veronique are quickly captured oh, r.i.p slice 
this point, I was like, oh, oh my god, I think the movie's wrapping up, but also, <laughs> have I been watching this movie for days? <laughs> Honestly, like, it's an 80-minute movie, and yet, at this point, I was starting to think, wait, how long is 80 minutes? Have I forgotten yeah. <laughs> how long 80 minutes is? Uh, but actually, at this point, we are so close to the end. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the movie is about to end, listener. Uh, warning. Warning. Um, <laughs> uh, we sort of in live and let die territory here mm. some weird scenes with like the the natives of the island wearing tribal Ooh, did not like that andrew did, did not, not like, like that, that. <laughs> on the other hand they had cell phones so that was like oh okay that's kind of a little bit more and, and they also just talked like normal people which yes. was great um <laughs> a kabul what rolls up in in this like Rastafarian disguise is the only way I can describe it. He says, "Ah, like this disguise, I'm proud of it. With this, I can look like anyone." And so <laughs> patently untrue. I loved it. Yes, yeah, Slice gets fed to a dinosaur here, and uh, I was very sorry to see him go. He had some of the most beautiful teeth I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> not normally my thing, but that man had chompers, and uh, I'm mm. down. Um, and then we have the best Bond joke: the woman oh. doing the countdown, which is a three-hour countdown, and she's reading every beat of the countdown, and she's sitting there checking her watch and smoking a cigarette. Uh, the the chain smoking was fantastic. Two hours fifty-nine. <laughs> minutes and 22 seconds to launch um. two hours 59 minutes and 19 seconds to launch oh it was so good maybe the best iteration of that joke that you and i have ever seen yeah yeah <laughs> rancor straps barbara to the warhead and lowers steel into the dinosaur pit but steel frees himself and rescues the prisoners steel straps rancor to the missile and shoots him into space where the missile explodes uh, really surprised here that the dinosaur that ate uh, Slice is revealed to be a feature of the film, not just a one-off Jurassic Park reference. Yep. <laughs> the dinosaur was really there. <laughs> uh, the choices that we made uh, for, like, you know, which jokes are going to last, which characters are going to be throughout, really surprised me. <laughs> like, the, the fact that Kabul was a main character was yes. unexpected. Uh, the fact that Veronique... Uh, and Barbara Doll kind of switch plate like that Veronique is more important than Barbara Doll yeah. to the story. I really expected Barbara to like do anything, really. And right. she's kind of just in the beginning and end of this film. Yeah, she's just strapped to a missile the whole time, like just yeah. perfect damsel stuff. Um yeah, she's not a character. Um Nicholas Sheridan also getting to do some great high kicks here or her stunt double, either way, they are very impressive kicks. Agreed. Uh, so earlier in the movie, at the Quartermasters, uh, Steel gets this very odd laser device, so specific, like Chekhov's uh, mouth laser, essentially, that you introduce in the first act, and there's no way we're not going to bring it back for the third. Yeah. So, so it's for, like, when your hands are tied together, then you hit this button, and a little thing pops up from your American flag pin, and if you can get it in your mouth, it becomes a laser that you like you blow to activate so stupid but watching him trying to get that stupid little thing into his mouth like a straw oh god i i mean so absurd i loved it this movie is funny uh, despite itself uh, yes <laughs> yeah speaking of funny despite itself first of all hulk hogan uh no, appears you. yeah as a as a big no thank you for me too but his 
partner in crime, uh, their, their crime... I, I, what is he again? They're a tag I, team. They're a wrestling tag team. To, for, right. for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, his partner is one Joyce Brothers, Dr. <laughs> Joyce Brothers. And I... Like, I just pissed myself. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it's like they just, like, kidnapped a bunch of people who, from, oh, like, yeah. the, the Oprah parking lot or something. I don't know. <laughs> Truly anyone who passed by while they were filming, like, uh, Dr. Joyce, Dr. Joyce, do you want to, do you want five bucks? <laughs> and I wonder if there was, like, a bigger plot about Mischievous being a traitor. But, like, at the end of the movie, they're like, oh, we forgive you, Mischievous. You're too hot Pat to on be the mad back. at. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we some really truly wonderful visual effects of the rocket. I mean, it it must be the worst miniature I've ever seen on film. <laughs> <laughs> Unironically, I feel. <laughs> I mean, we've seen some bad ones, but this one felt like I was watching an episode of the Thunderbirds. <laughs> hey, hey now! I love. <laughs> hey, I love the Thunderbirds, but those are two like that's a very distinct style. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, this speech at the end, this patriotic America rah-rah speech, I wrote it all down because it's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've, we've got to, we've got to deliver this one. You, you go for it, Shane. You, you have the accent Th- oh. for it. <laughs> Thank you. This is a great country where a man can sue anyone he wants, anytime he wants. It's a great country because thousands of people die every year from handguns. And yet at this very moment, you can still walk into a convenience store anywhere and buy one of those guns. That's democracy. Oh, oh my God, it's been 30 years. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, things do not get better. (laughs) And uh, just like that, the film ends. Dick Steele will not return. Oh, the movie just ends. Like, just ends. Thank, thank God we didn't try to wrap it up. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, there's nothing. They're not doing any housekeeping. Uh, they're done. Um, and honestly, my my final takeaway was: Purvis and Wade should be humiliated by the yes. Fact that this spy spoof is better than the one that they, the writers of the Bond movies shat out into the world i mean honestly last episode's movie just destroyed my brain because (laughs) i loved this experience this was so much better this was so much more well written uh the the comedic beats were well timed even though i mean can you time something if it's just like a constant uh unending (laughs) right uh ticker of jokes (laughs) uh yeah i enjoyed it uh you may be right we may just be we have uh what do they call it brain disease um mad, mad cow <laughs> no no oh th- i meant like the brain virus the the, the oh. woke mind virus oh <laughs> yes yes i definitely have the woke mind virus <laughs> in spades and i will get it again <laughs> god damn you sorry elon <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh hit the highlights and lowlights of this unusual and unexpected movie um ah. So, I mean, the highlight for me, it it was just so surprisingly funny and only a little dated. And there (laughs) were some truly hilarious gags that I had not seen and have not seen since. And I am looking straight at you, Elevator Horse. (laughs) An Elevator Horse is going to look straight back. Um, Well, from an angle, because there are eyes looking. Anyway, go on. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, although Victoria and Bishop both get sacrificed for the story, I was so surprised at the number of characters who don't die in yeah. this dumb throwaway. Like, Kabul survives to the end, Veronique survives, Mischievous, despite betraying our hero, does not get killed mm-hmm. off. Um, it's like, oh, this is actually better. Like, somehow this film was not as offensive as I expected a film from the mid-90s to be. As most of the Bond films from the mid-90s. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, what about the lowlights, Andrew? I mean, it, the plot is just crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a stupid yeah. comedy, but the plot didn't need to be this dumb. Yeah, I I, I literally have no idea what happened <laughs> in this film, and that was the lowlight for me. Uh, fashion highlight, I'm giving it to my girl Mischievous uh, mm. in the red lingerie, reclining on the desk. Beautiful. Absolutely. And I am just going to, uh, that was my first pick, but I do want to give a shout out to downtown Julie Brown as the cigarette girl (laughs) in a very cigarette girl costume. Uh, And I think it's at that point in the film that we get the introduction of the guy who keeps getting stabbed. uh, Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a guy who keeps getting stabbed and there's a guy who keeps having things drop on his head while he's out jogging. And it's like... I don't know. It's funny, but it's dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, what was the queerest moment in this film? I, I think we both have the same response. We do. It's Pat Morita. Gay Pat Morita. Yeah. As Brian the waiter. Yeah. Uh, a, I mean, honestly, at least there was a gay character in this. We so rarely get to say that. <laughs> right? And and he wasn't, like, the joke was not at his expense. Um, no, he actually made a joke at Leslie Nielsen's expense, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Hero, Pat Morita. Um, <laughs> sexiest moment. Again, uh, Mischievous kind of has yeah. to get the nod. What a sex pot. Marsha Gay Harden, uh, that Red Nightian choker, again, makes it twice in our little rundown here. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also going to shout out both Kabul and Slice, uh, surprisingly hot uh, guys mm-hmm. showing up in this goofball comedy. Now, what was the best line or the best gag for you? My honorable mention does go to Los Angeles, comma, cauliflower. I don't know why <laughs> I like that so much. That really tickled you. <laughs> it really, really did. Um, but also the, the line where, where Nicolette Sheridan has been piled into the back of a van and the scientist asks, my daughter is safe? And is she safe? still replies, yes, the van they took her in has dual airbags and seatbelts. Oh, Great. So good. So funny. So 90s. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I'm Bud Fuddlacker. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just the way, it, the, the conviction that man has in every <laughs> stupid thing he has ever said. It's so brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Most timeless or relevant moment. I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same <laughs> one here. I mean, the This Is America speech is so weirdly timely. Ugh, yeah. It's depressing. <laughs> Guns and idiots being elected president, it's all right there. Uh, And then the cringiest moment in this, uh, there was a few, but what was it for you? Yeah, there were a few, but not as many as I expected. Again, like, I'm Mm. shocked that this film didn't offend me more than than it did. Mm. There were too many cross-dressing jokes in there. Um, Again, it feels like this was the time when we thought that was hilarious, the idea that someone would dress up in non-gender conforming clothing. Uh, It does not sit Mm. well today. What about you? Yeah, I I agree. Uh, But also, I mean... Uh, the tribal look uh, towards in the last third yeah. of the film was a bit of a big yikes for me. But honestly, like, p- 
her joke, <laughs> like the, the hit uh, rate's yeah, I, I, shocking, really. Like, the, yeah. There's, I mean, maybe we missed like thirty offensive jokes, um, but they were so well hidden in a sea of jokes <laughs> that we, yeah, the the fact that we didn't pick up on them, you know, I I I feel satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Our bar is so low now. <laughs> oh my god, we've really melted our brains doing all of this. <laughs> Let's find out how much we've melted our brains. Yes, now it is time for our ratings. We'll each give the movie a score between one and three, and then we award bonus points from our regular four categories, which never makes sense for these films. Bond, song, <laughs> glamour, and queerness. The maximum score available is, of course, 007. We'll start with our base scores. Andrew? I mean, I could prevaricate about this one the way I always do. I don't know what this should be scored, so I'm giving it a two. I mean, it's ridiculous, right? Mm, like, this yeah, isn't a two-point yeah. movie, but I'm giving it a no. two. <laughs> well, it's not a one. Uh, it's certainly it's not, a not a three. three. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it can only be a two. I, I, we're in agreement. Uh, Bond? Is he in the He's film? not in it. He's not, not in it. it. Not, not in even name-checked. No. Uh, song, there is one song, and I gotta say, it fits the tone of the movie, and it's a bit of a bop, and I like Weird Al, I, I think he's always been really funny, uh, and this one tickled me in all the right ways, so I'm gonna give it the song point. Uh, I am too, actually, <laughs> like, yeah, this was a good Bond pastiche, one of the best ones we've had, one of the funniest, so, oh, that's yeah. the point. Uh, okay, this one might be contentious, I don't know, Glamour, did you find this movie glamorous at all? I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Like, we're, it's mostly said in Los Angeles and not like the nicest parts of Los Angeles. Um, the women are beautiful and glamorous, but the men are not generally. Um, Decidedly. So I guess I'm going to withhold the point on this one, but I, you know, Mischievous almost gets it all to herself. What about you? Ah, I know. I really thought that you were going to give it for the mischievous of it all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, they touch on a few things. There, like, there is a casino scene, and there are tuxes. But yeah, it's just not. It's just not glamorous enough to get the point for me either. That's fair. And then queerness, I feel like, is very similar territory. Like, there is a queer character. There is Pat Morita as Brian the waiter. That does not, in my mind, uh, a queer point make. So I have no. to say zero. I I will have to agree. I, I w- this is one of those movies where I'd love to award extra bonus points just to bring it up. But honestly, the fact that we're giving this a solid three out of seven <laughs> for, you know, what is a- objectively a terrible, <laughs> terrible film. <laughs> a terrible film, but a great time. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, oh my God. Are we the critics that we hate? <laughs> No, because I would say to people, watch this film. It's on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. 80 minutes of your life. You don't even have to pay attention. It's just. Oh, no, honestly. Just check in for a (laughs) gag every now and then and you'll be fine. Yeah, watch this movie. (laughs) Three out of seven. Great job. (laughs) Next time on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, we close out this spy spoof series the only way we ever possibly could. (sighs) The ultimate. Worst birthday present I could have ever given myself, maybe? I'm sure. We're finally going to be watching Austin Powers in Goldmember. Andrew, are you excited yet? (laughs) Do I have, like, a Joker card I can play where I tap out and someone else does an episode in my place, like... You wish... First of all, we'd have to have someone who listened to this show... (laughs) 
<laughs> Joma, send me a sign. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Mama Holland, uh, would you like uh, to do... Uh, <laughs> no, no, don't give her the opportunity. You know she'll say yes. <laughs> Jesus I mean, Christ, I'm... Andrew. You know I'm going to hear about this. <laughs> I'd listen to you and your mum talk about Goldmember rather than watch the film. Um... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe we'll get a guest spot. I don't know. But you will, uh, you will definitely be hearing me next week on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I guess I'll try and show up. Uh, you can follow Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on Twitter and Instagram at KKBBPod. Jesus, are you even sure you want to? God. <laughs> Or send us mischievous messages at kisskissbangbangpod at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter accounts at Wheeler and at Shane Came Back. Please share, like, rate, and review Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on your preferred podcasting and social media platforms because we put ourselves through so much pain for you, the listener. <laughs> so much. Our graphics are provided by the spy-hardened Carl Schurer. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at C-A-R-L-S-H-U-R-A. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is recorded in Toronto, on the traditional territory of many nations including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee and the Wendat peoples. We acknowledge that we are settlers on unceded territory. We end every episode with a great piece of Dick Steele related music. Shane, what are we signing off with this time? I mean, this has nothing to do with anything, bitch. Uh, I just <laughs> love it so much. It's a brand new song. I kind of wanted to choose it for next week but i think i already know what next week's oh well oh i don't get to choose next week you don't get to uh, choose that's next why week. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, so then i absolutely had to choose it. this is going to be the song of the summer mark my words it will absolutely be the song that we hear all pride long this is oliver heldens featuring kylie minogue it is called 10 out of 10 and it's a fucking bop and i will hear no detractors It will make your dick steal. It will make your Masha Gay hot. It absolutely will. Uh, it already has. This is one of those songs that I've actually just had on repeat. Peek behind the curtain into my life. I just went for an ADHD assessment today, and I can't believe I didn't even mention, like, oh, I, I tend to, like, listen to a song over and over and over again, and not, you know, mixed in. Like, I will just skip back to the beginning and continue listening to the same song. I, I'm doing that with this. This is my obsession. 10 out of 10 for this episode. We did it, Andrew. 10s across the board. Absolutely. 10 out of 10 for you, listener. Thanks for listening. And until next time, kiss, kiss. Bang, bang.